legends. You're listening to the Off-Road Performance Coach Podcast. If you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you have come to the right place. All I ask from you is if you gain some value out of today's episode, please give it a share and tag me on your socials or your Insta story. I'd be super grateful if you'd share the love. Let's get stuck straight into today's episode. Just things for me. Hello, legends. Gonna do a quick little review on the Liat Moto Gear today. I've had a fair few questions um, asking me about the Liat gear, the the quality, the the function, etc. So I thought I'd do a quick little review today. I've put about coming up to 20 hours worth of riding now. A couple of little races in there, mostly just trail riding um, to make up those hours. So I thought I'd just give a quick little review on the gear. Little caveat, I did not get all of this gear 100% for free. I have bought some of it with my own hard-earned cash so it's not like they just handed me a bunch of free stuff and i'm gonna talk it up um i'm sure you guys probably know me well enough by now but i wear my heart on my sleeve and i wouldn't bullshit anyone about this stuff so i thought i would do like a pros and cons um just overview of everything there's really only two very, very small cons that I could come up with. So we'll keep them to last because they kind of tie into the to the last pro that I was going to talk about and probably the biggest pro, which, and I guess the most common question I get from people is about the boots. Um, so we'll leave that one to last. But firstly, working through the pros or the things I love about the gear Straight off the bat is the gloves. So I've actually got the 1.5 gripper gloves. They do have, I think they've got like three or four different, um, I guess, models or versions of the glove. I've got the 1.5 gripper glove, which I absolutely love. I guess gloves are a bit of a personal thing. I'm really a fan of like a nice snug, tight fitting glove. So I wear a large um, they're a super snug fit, but they're also really thin, which is what I love. I love to be able to feel my controls, feel my grips, feel my fingertips, and be able to move my hands without too much restriction. I've had other gloves in the past that are a lot thicker, and I feel like I just don't have as good a feel through them. So I'd like way rather have, personally, like a really thin glove that gives me a lot of feel and a lot of feedback on the handlebars and the 1.5 glove certainly ticks that box. So they do have other other models of the glove. Um, I think the, just looking at it online, they have a 4.5 glove, which it looks like it's a little bit thicker. I haven't worn it, it's a little bit thicker. It's got like a plastic sort of mesh protecting the knuckles. So there is other options there if you are if you are into sort of a more, I guess, protective glove, but like I say, I'm a super, super big fan of something that's really light on the and gives you that good feel. So big thumbs up on the gloves for me personally. Next one would just be the fit of the pants. So 
they fit really well. They've also quite like they've got this sort of, I guess, stretchy type material. So although they're snug and they fit really well, they also stretch really well. And like just a little thing, which is just something small I've noticed, like I don't wear knee braces, I wear knee pads. So they've obviously got Velcro straps, which I suppose some knee braces have those as well. Like my last pair of pants that I had, it was a real pain in the butt, like sliding the pants on over the knee pads, like the Velcro straps would constantly get caught and you'd have to like put, put your hands in there to get them all untangled. That doesn't seem to happen in these pants. You can just slide them straight on and they've got like a good amount of room around the knee to fit over the knee pad or the knee braces if that's your thing. So yeah, the pants, jersey fit really well. The jersey's really well vented, which again, something that I'm a fan of. I've mentioned on the podcast before, I sweat a lot. I tend to overheat a lot. So venting is a good thing for me personally. I like uh, I like a jersey that is f- like really well vented so I don't overheat as much as possible. Uh, moving on to the helmet. The helmet is, I'm super stoked with the helmet. It, I really like the look of it. It looks sick. It's a carbon, I've got like the, the top, of the range helmet which is the carbon fiber so it's full carbon fiber helmet so that's like one thing just straight away like the weight i was coming off like a a fox um v2 i think it was the helmet so it was like way heavier than this like this like i say it's full carbon so obviously you would expect it it's full carbon fiber so it's really really light the other thing i love about the helmet is the venting so it's really well vented and it's got a couple of vents on the front that like you can actually feel that air coming in a little bit on your head and cooling you down. Again, as I just mentioned, I tend to overheat really easy. So having a well vented helmet for me, I really love that. Um, one thing I was a little bit worried, like I have had, I can't remember what sort of helmet it was, but I remember racing Hatter one year and having a helmet that had had venting like a lot of vents in it and when you got up to high speed like down those big straights at Hatter it was like really noisy like the vents you could actually hear the air coming in near your ears so I remember one year I had to actually duct tape those vents up at Hatter because it was just way too noisy um so happy to say I rode up at Redcliffs last week got to do a few laps on a track up there that's super fast like maxing it out winding the bike right out in fifth gear down some really long straights getting up to about 130k an hour i know you get a little bit faster than that at Hatter, but it's still pretty fast and the helmet was like super quiet really really quiet the peak um like not it's not like pulling your head back at those high speeds not catching too much air through the peak so the peak's really well vented as well in terms of like that air coming through the helmet and not getting caught on the peak so the helmet's like a massive tick of approval for me like i say super light well vented and it's also quiet um so that brings us to the boots so this is probably the one question or the biggest most common question i get from people like what are the boots like what are the boots like because they have got that flex lock design on the back of the boot so I've got like the 5.5 boot, which is, again, it's the the top of the range boot, which has the flex lock, which is designed to stop 
your ankle going like into full dorsiflexion. So the old Eli Tomac incident with the ball of the foot and he obviously maxed out his dorsiflexion to the point that his Achilles tendon fully ruptured. This is designed to stop that from happening. So it's got like a spine, like the spine on the back of the boot has, uh, I guess the, the bit that's coming off your ankle goes inside the top of the boot and it's got a little stopper. So when it slides out, it's got like a stopper thing that locks it and it stops your um, stops your ankle from like fully maxing into that dorsiflexed position. So that was the biggest thing I noticed going straight into the boots. And this is both uh, a pro and the really the only con that I could come up with. I was coming out of fox boots, which if you've ever worn fox boots, they're basically like wearing a gum boot. There's they're super flexible. Um, not doesn't feel like there's a heap of support around the ankle, and you've got a lot of feel. So the the obviously the benefit to those fox boots is you got like really good feel. Like you can feel exactly where your foot peg, where your foot is on the foot peg, and where the foot peg is, where the brake pedal tip is, etc. etc. So the like the pro on these Liat boots is the support. Like when you put your foot in this boot, like it feels like your ankle is super duper supported. Like I'm just talking about the fit and the snugness and this is before you even like max your dorsiflexion out and actually utilize that flex lock thing. I'm just talking about the actual feeling of I guess how well supported your foot and your ankle is inside the boot is like, to me, is next level like coming out of that fox boot. It's like not even comparable how well supported you feel in this in this Liat boot. Now, the downside to that, and this is really the only con that I could come up with, uh, is that it took a really long time to break the boots in for me personally. And again, I think that was kind of exacerbated because I'm coming out of like basically a gum boot where the boot was like super flimsy. And yeah, those boots that I had like probably had like close to 200 hours on them. So they were really, really well broken in, super flimsy, had heaps of feel. So going into this Liat boot when it was brand new, it took a long time for me to actually feel, get to that point where I could actually feel my controls. Like I was riding around not knowing if I was pushing the brake pedal down or I couldn't feel exactly where my foot was on the foot peg. Like I was ending up on my arches a little bit every now and then because I just couldn't exactly feel what was going on. So now I've actually got two pairs of the boots. So like I said, I've done about 20 hours total. So I reckon I've got around about 10 hours on each pair. So they're getting to that point now after 10 hours that I feel like I've got a like a really good level of feel. I can feel the foot peg, I can feel the tip of the brake pedal, all of that stuff, and they feel really, really good in terms of the feel I'm getting and the feedback I can receive off my controls and my pegs, etc. But that hasn't like come at a sacrifice for, for, um, to the support. Like they still feel super duper supported, and like I mentioned on the podcast. Um, a few weeks ago, like when I OJ'd that massive jump at Chesney Vale, fourth gear to the flat on the balls of my feet, completely fine. Like 
not sore in the feet, not sore in my ankles, didn't even like I literally didn't even notice it. So I'm pretty certain in that instance, I utilized the flex lock thing um, and tested that out. And like I say, worked a treat. So yeah, big, again, big tick from me for the boots. Absolutely love them. And now that they're broken in a little bit and I've got that awesome feel like they're just, they're awesome on all fronts. Like the protection is really good. Um, one little thing that like we were talking about on the weekend, actually, the couple of dudes I was riding with last week were talking about their desert race and getting ready for Fink and Hatter. And a lot of the guys up there obviously use steg pegs. So they were talking about how like the back of their calves actually get like sore from the steg peg when you're really leaning on those steg pegs, um, particularly at Fink, like where you have to use them a lot more for longer duration of time. Like it actually can be, I guess, painful to an extent that's pushing into the back of your calf. Um, so that's one thing on these Liat boots because it's got that flex lock thing up the back, like the actual back of the boot, like behind your calf is like this real solid plastic, um, I guess, spine strip thing that kind of sticks out the back a little bit. So if you are actually into desert racing and you're going to be using steg pegs, then I would say that's probably like a, would be a cool benefit for you. You definitely feel like that, that steg peg's not particularly like going to press into the back of your calf. You're going to have a lot of support there on the actual boot itself. So if you're listening to this and you're into desert racing and using steg pegs, potentially that's a little benefit that, that you would enjoy. Um, so yeah, like I say, massive tick on the boots for me. Then the only other con, like I say, that I could only come up with two cons um, or two things that have been um, a little bit of a challenge. And one was just like I said, the breaking in of the boots. And two, the only other thing that I could really find like to be super critical is just removing the helmet liner. It's probably just a little bit fiddly. And again, it's not like it's a deal breaker by any means. Um, just one of those things that um, compared to other helmets I've used in the past, this is just a little bit more fiddly. Like I say, not a deal breaker by any means. It just means when you when you, it pulls out like super easy, super easy to pull the helmet liner out and to wash it. There's just a couple of like little clip, um, the fasteners they use to fit it. They're just like a little bit tricky to get in. And what I mean by that is like you get one in and then you go to put the other one in and kind of that other one will sort of pop out while you're trying to get that one, <laughs> the next one back in. So like I say, it's not a deal breaker. Just that's the only con that I could really come up with out of all of the stuff is that that helmet line is just a little bit fiddly. Again, that's not something you're going to be doing like every single time you wear it. Um, it's only a really minor thing. So yeah, that's it. Like I say, all thumbs up for me. Um, like honestly, I, I actually really love the look of the gear and the options that they have. Like if you go on the website, they've got the Australian website now up and running for Liat. They've got some like really cool colorways um, and some stuff that you can also mix and mix and match and like customize um, if you if you're into that sort of thing with different colored boots to gear sets and all that sort of stuff. Like you can get some some really cool looking color combos there. So I like I really rate the Liat stuff and I 
I think it's um yeah it's great stuff I'll certainly be be repping it um for the foreseeable future that's for sure I can't like I say I can't find anything that I would uh, anything that would make me change my mind after using it for for 20 hours so yeah any questions on any of the layout stuff feel free to shoot me a message and ask but yeah if you're thinking about getting some then I definitely don't think you'd be disappointed um anyone that's listening to this that's going to be racing the GNCC events that are coming up the Liat is the sponsor of all not all they're a sponsor of four of the main clubman classes so one of the clubman classes is sponsored by MCS steering dampeners um the all the other clubman classes are sponsored by Liat so Liat are actually uh putting up some um like a voucher Liat dollars so when you win first place you'll win 500 bucks liat cash to spend on liat gear so um if you're listening and you're going to be racing those gncc events in one of the clubman classes you could potentially score yourself um some dollars to spend on some liat gear for yourself so get after it um otherwise that's all i got for today like i said any questions feel free to shoot me a message on insta or something about the layout stuff other thing i was going to mention i'll put a i'll put my email address in the show notes of this episode again uh coming up to the start of the start of a new month so will be time to do another q a podcast episode so let me know if you've got any questions um just anything in general or anything that popped up after that last q a q a episodes we did like i say we got heaps of questions last time which was awesome so I'm definitely keen to do one a month. So if you've got any questions, shoot them through on email or shoot them through to me on Instagram, whatever's easiest for you. And I'll do my best to get a Q&A episode up next week with all of those answers. Otherwise, thank you for the support. I appreciate you and we will see you on the next episode.